Heart of Grief is a program by Certified Grief Recovery Specialists Lori Penner and Brian McGee. Brian and Lori are not professional counselors. They do not offer therapy. If you are experiencing a crisis, please reach out to your local emergency or healthcare providers. What Lori and Brian offer in this podcast is an authentic, personal familiarity with the pain of loss and a straightforward approach to recovery that has proven transformative in the lives of thousands of grievers. As proud sponsors of the Grief Recovery Method programs, Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta are pleased to partner with Brian and Lori to bring you this podcast. We hope our listeners will discover genuine, practical help and encouragement. Hey, Brian. Hi, Lori. It seems like such a short time since we recorded our last co-hosted episode. It really does, and it's been about two months ago, actually. The content of that program addressed the important fact that grief is generated not only by a result of a death, um, but by many other losses that we can experience in our lives. Many people automatically associate grief only with death, which is understandable, but there are many other changes and endings in life that create grief. We think it's important to recognize that. We sure do. And it's often a matter of words and how we've learned to understand them as well. Sometimes our application of words is either misguided or at least limited. The result can keep us from a fuller and more helpful understanding of these things. We've come to recognize the importance of this regarding grief and loss. Yes, we have. In our grief recovery method programs, we utilize a number of words that are very common but we focus or refocus their meaning in order to assist with the grief recovery process. That's the case for today's program. It sure is. Sometimes we refer to words just by their first letter. It's quite common practice, actually. In late autumn in our part of the world, or the May long weekend, (laughs) we don't like to hear the S word in the weather forecast. (laughs) Some words commonly shortened to single letters are often impolite. The one we want to talk about is not impolite, but it's loaded with potentially unhelpful ideas. And it's what the Grief Recovery Institute calls the G word. Right, the G word. And what is that, Lori? Guilt, Brian. The G word stands for guilt or guilty. Oh, yes, (laughs) right. I did know that. However, our listeners might not have. And they might well be wondering why we're bringing special attention to it in connection to grief. Lori, a while back, you experienced a very difficult loss. It was a death, but as difficult as that loss was for you, it was a related event that left you with feelings you described at the time as guilt. Oh, Brian, absolutely. You were there, thankfully, in the hours and days after, and I am forever grateful. So my little dog, Reggie, one of three I had at the time, had a condition that rapidly worsened, and I had to make a heart-wrenching decision. In order to make the whole difficult experience make a bit more sense, a bit of backstory is needed, so bear with me. Mm -hmm. Of my three dogs, Reggie was the only one that wasn't deaf. Reggie's son, Riley, went deaf at six months after surgery, and Lexi, my sweet girl, Riley's mom, went deaf when she was seven, also after a surgery. Reggie was the only one I really talked to that could hear. 
Well, I talked to all of them, but Reggie understood me, it seemed, and this made our relationship different from the one I had with the others. As soon as I walked into the vet that afternoon, things started to go wrong, and the hours and days, and even months to an extent, I replayed it over and over, and I felt so guilty. I walked into the clinic and told the receptionist, this was Reggie, I'd called a few minutes ago. She looked up from her desk at me and said, yeah, okay, so what do you want done with him? I felt shocked since I had just called, not 15 minutes before, so I said again, I just called you to bring him in because he's declined so fast and is suffering. She looked at me, rolled her eyes, and said, bluntly, yeah, I know, I mean after he's dead. I recoiled at her words and stood there in complete and utter shock. I was holding my terrified little guy, who always hated vets, and was having trouble breathing. I didn't know how to respond. She offered me three options, to take him home and bury him in my yard, have him cremated with the other animals they put down that day, or for an extra charge, he could be cremated separately. I'm standing there in the worst moment of my life, an even more worst moment of what was left of Reggie's life, and I'm trying to cover his ears because he was scared enough. I asked if we could discuss this after, and she curtly told me, no, I must pay before they will do anything. Side note, I'd been a dedicated customer for almost 14 years at this point. It wasn't like I was a stranger. I sobbed my answer of separate and went back to focusing on Reggie, not wanting him to be more scared than he already was. Next thing I know, she's asking me if I want his ashes back in the standard cardboard box. It's kind of like a takeout box, she said. Or did I want to pick an urn? Again, I said, can't we do this after? And she looked at me in disgust and said, no, remember, you must pay before. She threw a big binder on the counter, startling Reggie, and sat there tapping her pencil. I pointed to the first one I saw as I held Reggie away from seeing it. She did the paperwork and then placed a hard plastic clipboard on the counter, again with what seemed like a deafening bang, and said I had to sign the paper or the vet won't euthanize him. The reality of the moment, although I was completely aware, was the hardest paper I ever had to sign. I tried to stay as strong as I could for Reggie because he was so scared, and I believe he understood part of what was being said. Payment was made, and off we went to the room off the side of the main lobby, and my sweet little Reggie went to heaven with me holding him and telling him how much I loved him. Ouch, Lori. You say that you felt so guilty. What was it about what happened there that left you feeling that way? So walking out my mind instantly went to what I wish I had done differently, as we talk about in our grief recovery program. And the one thing that hit me like a punch in the face was, I should have done more to stop her from talking about Reggie like he wasn't there. I should have demanded I be able to make the decisions after. I was filled with such guilt that I had failed Reggie, that when he really needed me to protect him, I failed. I walked into my house where the other two were waiting, holding Reggie's little blanket. I couldn't even look at them. I felt like the worst person in the world. I immediately went to bed and hugged Reggie's blanket and cried myself to sleep for failing him. That is so unbelievably hurtful, Lori, what you went through. And I can't begin to grasp how that would have been. You wanted, of course, better for him. And as it turned out, you weren't able to provide it. And have you continued to describe your feelings as guilt? 
Nope. Thankfully, I have you as a friend that reminded me of a key component of the work we do. So what changed? You asked me if what happened was done with me having an intention to harm Reggie, and the answer was a resounding no. You gently asked me if there was a word that could better describe what I was feeling, and I realized the word was not guilt, but rather regret. Mm -hmm. We point out to our participants in our grief recovery programs that the dictionary meaning of guilt includes an intention to harm. Where there is no intention to harm or a willful neglect, it's inaccurate and very unhelpful to apply the word. When we describe our actions with the word guilt, it normally has the effect of focusing on our behavior. Somehow we have misbehaved or done wrong, resulting in some hurtful outcome. But what happened to you wasn't the result of anything you deliberately did or didn't do. It certainly wasn't something you intended to be harmful to Reggie or to his memory. When we incorrectly use the word guilt, we put ourselves in a place of hurt which is nearly impossible to resolve. When we didn't intend harm, there is no knowingly harmful action of ours that can be admitted and resolved. And so we're stuck with negative feelings that we don't know what to do with. For you, there was understandable regret. Maybe disappointment and anger as well, but not guilt. Regret, disappointment, and anger we can deal with. When we accurately identify our feelings, they can be resolved through accurate recovery actions. As you became aware of this corrected understanding, Lori, how did it alter your grief experience with Reggie's death? Well, I want to say that as soon as I chose the correct word, all was good in my world, but that isn't quite accurate. I was able to identify what I was really feeling and separated the death of Reggie from what happened with the receptionist. From there, I was able to work through the healing process of the grief recovery method and also was able to apply the work to the receptionist so I could remember the amazing little guy Reggie was. He was so much more than that 10 to 15 minutes before he died. So the correct language allowed for the correct actions for healing. I remember so well uh, the outburst of happy awareness from a member of one of our past groups when she finally caught on to this liberating truth. It's not guilt. She almost shouted it. It's regret. The guilty label had left her frozen with sadness. The regretful circumstances she had experienced could then be resolved to the grief recovery program. Lori, again, thank you so much for sharing this painful memory here. When I asked you to do this, I didn't anticipate how difficult it was going to be for you. I felt a little badly for asking. But then you said you were glad. You were glad to bring this subject to the awareness of our listeners. Yes, this difficult experience for me sadly has some commonalities of what other people may have experienced in their life. The situation likely wasn't the same. But the feeling of guilt is something we hear in our groups time and time again. So here's our something to think about for this program. Have you knowingly misidentified your feelings about a loss experience as being guilt? Feelings of guilt are hard to shake, so it probably won't take much effort to remember if you have. And that leads right into our something to do. If you have answered yes to Lori's question, we would encourage you to review the circumstances. 
What would be more accurate language to describe your feelings? Perhaps surprise or shock, disappointment, anger, or regret? Are there things you wish had happened differently? It's with these more specific and accurate feelings and disappointments that the steps of grief recovery can be navigated through successfully. So true, Brian. And that's what makes leading our programs such a privilege for us. We get to help hurting people find not only a more helpful, accurate language for what they're going through, but also a helpful process of recovery from loss. And by the way, we realize that at times guilt is the correct word. There may have been intent to harm in some manner, and we can address that through our program as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lori, again for joining with me for this program today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. COVID craziness, which is beginning to lighten up in our part of the world, thankfully, and along with other disruptions to our lives, have resulted in a more random, broken-up schedule for our podcasts of late. We do apologize for the irregularity of the new episodes. We believe in our content and want to keep providing it for the benefit of hurting hearts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com. If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to The Heart of Grief, care of 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J4P3. And of course, you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.